Guys, it is good to be back for the first episode of Season 5 of the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. It's five whole seasons. Holy cow. That's absolutely ridiculous, dude, but we're excited. So today we're, we're talking with uh, Bill Thompson of Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge, for you guys that don't know, is a, a mapping app, right? So think of it like your Onyx or your Hunt Stand or whatever, but uh, better. Uh, so, but we're going to dive into that really in depth in the podcast. <clears throat> it's a lot of fun, really informative. And, uh, you guys can use our code Spartan for 20% off your subscription. So, but you got to go to Spartan, SpartanForge.ai, create your account there. Use uh, code Spartan. You get 20% off your, your subscription for the year. And, get running using spartan forge dude i have completely ditched onyx i'm was more than happy to make the switch uh and talking with bill that came right on the hills uh, on the heels of opening up my onyx app and seeing hey update or upgrade service you know because it expired had no idea did i get an email absolutely not we'll address that we get down the bend up into the podcast but hey with the such availability of all these mapping apps and the free versions and everything else, man, I say let's let's let 2024 be the end of the orange tape army. We all know that's not going to happen. Anyway, before we roll this show in there, let's uh, let's talk about Hasmer Outdoor Products for a minute, man. They have been with us for the last few years, and they are the title sponsor of the podcast, and we love everything they have to offer so if you're hunting out of your climber and you're looking to even if you're just looking to cut a little bit of weight the the seat they offer the, the sling style seat is a lot lighter than your average summit seat so you'll be able to take that out swap it in there on a summit or on the api or he has a unit they sell a universal seat that fits several climbers and then they have lone wolf so but that it's the hands down the most comfortable seat I've also sat in. Uh, and I'm big guy, you know, 6'1", 250, hunting out of a Summit 360 climber. And I swapped out the big, thick, padded, you know, Summit seat, which appears comfortable. But if you spend any amount of time in it, you start to realize it's not. So <laughs> I swapped out for that, the uh, Hasmore Outdoor product seat. And just the way it cradles you like a hammock better way better there, there's no distinct pressure points for weight when you're sitting on it for a long time i don't get kind of like that sorest stiffness kind of feeling from sitting in it after a while uh really enjoy my seat sitting for a long time brings my brings me up into the top part of the climber so i actually can kick my feet out on the top part of my summit 360 and like i'm sitting in a lazy boy take a nap it's wonderful. Jordan took a three-hour nap in his. He can attest to it. They are comfortable. Though in the little backrest, get you some better carrying straps. They also have that stuff on their, their website. And that is hasmore.net. You can roll right down into the podcast description and click on the link and use code UPO15 at checkout for 15% off your next order. But guys, let's roll into this episode and uh, enjoy it. This is... Uh, Bill Thompson and Spartan Forge. I'm your 
your hosts, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Welcome, Jim. Welcome. Hello. Hey, Jim. He can't hear you till he sits down to put headphones on. We rolling? I, I I just started. Twenty five seconds. So have a seat. Sorry, been working as a handyman out at the fraternity house. Oh, it's all good. I that's heard what that. I was, that's what we're telling him. <clears throat> um. So what? First off, let me introduce who we got in the room. I'm your host, Will Krebs. I got Jordan in here with me. I'm here. Let's get it. I got Jim. Yes, sir. And we have Bill with Spartan Forge. Hello. You are the owner-operator, correct? Yep. Yeah, currently. Until they get rid of me. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. So how did this, how did, the inception, the idea, how did, where did, how did it come about? Um, geez. Uh, that's a big question. I'll, I'll try to make it simple. Um, I, I did, we were talking before we started the podcast. Um, I served in the military for many years and, um, I was supporting some stuff and doing work in the military that had to do with like, um, non-traditional collection of like, I don't know how to put it. Um, enemies, enemy collection of, of, you know, intelligence, uh, signals, I guess is the best way to say it. And a lot of them um, were using like really old school or non-traditional um, networks to send and pass and parse signals. And uh, and we needed to come up with a way that we could quickly listen to this stuff. And it was the, 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 the stuff that we were trying to listen in on was super important. And we started using artificial intelligence early on to scramble, but then also map these kind of enemy networks, I guess is the best way to say it without getting myself in trouble with the military. He was spying. um, (laughs) What's that? You were spying. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know if I call it spying. If if two kids are talking on walkie-talkies and then you just get a walkie-talkie and start listening in, I mean, I guess you could call that spying, but I wouldn't go that Eavesdropping. Yeah. It sounds a lot cooler than it was, I'll tell you that much. But um, anyway, uh, we started developing um, systems that could use AI to kind of map that type of stuff as well and do a whole host of other things. And it needed to happen quickly. So um, I worked on some programs and some offices in the military and outside of the military that, um, you know, use the AI to, to work on that type of stuff. And I would go for, I'd go to Afghanistan or Pakistan or, or Iraq or these other places. And I would use this kit. Um, and I started thinking about, um, if I had made a sensor, my first idea was if I, cause I, I'm an electrical engineer by trade. And my, my first idea was if I made a sensor network, and then trained it to learn about deer the same way that I was learning about those shithead terrorists overseas. Um, I could probably come up with something because there were these other products out there in the deer space that I knew didn't work because I had access to some collared GPS data and mostly from military bases. 
And so I would get caller GPS data on these military bases where they're tracking the, the deer populations. And then I would look at like, you know, one of these apps that were predicting deer movement and they're almost never right. Like far, far less than they were advertising. And I thought, well, this would be a, I could actually train uh, an AI, um, an algorithm really. AI is kind of like, AI, AI is kind of like calling a Chevy Impala, you know, from the nineties, a hot rod. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a hot rod, but it's not really, um, you know, those, those, when they reintroduced the Impala, you know, it fit the moniker hot rod, but when you looked at it or opened the engine and it had that V6 in there, it really wasn't a hot rod. It's an Impala, um, but it's not an Impala Impala. Right, exactly. And that's right. kind of how AI is. Like we call it AI, but it's not really artificial intelligence. We don't even really know what intelligence is. So um, anyway, so I started, the first thing I did was, is I placed, a, I made a sensor network on a property that I had access to in North Dakota. And so before there were wireless cameras even, or before they were widely deployed, I made, I used, I used, I went on a, a website called Adafruit and I started ordering Arduinos and Zigbee's and just putting them together on with breadboards and making my own wireless camera network on a farm. And, uh, and then I, and then the cameras were kind of expensive because I was a young military guy at the time. So I built like three or four of these cameras. And then what were cheap was I made accelerometers that were on these little wireless systems. And basically their job was I would put them near deer scrapes and they would monitor vibrations and they'd and then they would send that they they would send the registering of the deer scrape being worked back to the camera, then the camera would send it back to the house. So that gave me an idea of, and then I would lash that up all with weather. And then I had kind of a rudimentary idea of how often the scrapes were being worked, um, how often the deer were visiting certain bedding areas, certain scrapes, traversing certain tra um, travel corridors. Um, and I trained kind of my first neural network to make predictions based on the weather um, and tell me, you know, how uh, predict basically when it expected to see deer movement and certain deer in certain areas based on what it had seen in the past. And uh, I, I ended up showing an academic that I was friends with or I had become friends with who worked on deer, um, collared deer GPS stuff. And he was like, man, this is pretty cool. Like, I'd like you to build me some of this stuff. And um, I started thinking about it and I was like, well, why would I build all of these sensor networks for you when you are collaring deer? Like, just give me the collar deer data and I'll build you networks based on the collar deer data. So that's what we did. And we, uh, you know, had, got our first working model in like 2017. And um, I kind of knew that there was something there, but I knew that there were cooler things that I could build with AI. So um, that was, kind of, and, and then I started talking to people inside the community and that was kind of my first foray into um, the hunting market, I guess is the best way to put it. So you were introducing technology into <clears throat> the way you hunted well before technology in the hunting uh, spectrum really caught on. And Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, I was, um, I was making like non-traditional sensors. You can think of, you can think of them as just like, you know, putting, 
I mean, people it, used it, to use like trail timers and. and I was say, yeah, it's like always that. been there. I was going to reference the trail timer and uh, stuff like that, and that simply just stopped on a you know analog clock, stopped the time. So you go out there and you have to guess: was it three p.m. or three a.m. Yeah, you didn't really know. You just know it was one of the two. Which I mean, it, when when it comes to the technology at that time, that was a lot of information. You narrowed it down yep. to a fifty fifty window when the deer moved through there. Um, but now you see technology. It seems like every time we turn around, more of it's getting shunned out of the hunting community, especially when it comes to uh, like cellular trail cameras with Boone and Crockett banning them, and then uh, several states. I know I <clears throat> just saw. Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky's got it on legislature and a lot of Western states do uh, already have already uh, introduced it as a rule to ban cell cameras on public land. Uh, but how, how much technology is too much in your opinion, when it comes to the definition of fair chase? I mean, I guess under the moniker fair chase, that, that, that's a confusing thing to me. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like asking, you know, I don't know how to put it. It's kind of like asking McDonald's how you're asking McDonald's how many cheeseburgers should be in people's diets. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm a technologist. So my, my thing is when it comes to people eating or putting food on the table, I don't care. Like if you're, if you like, I feed my kids wild game routinely. Right. Um, only when we go out, are they not eating some type of wild game or my wife orders like um, my wife will order these meals that she likes to make that will come with me. Those are the only times that we're not eating wild game. And growing up, that was pretty much my, a staple of my diet, but it was because we were poor. And, you know, we could go out and kill two deer on a, on a rifle tag, or my uncle would. And then we had meat for the winter where we were otherwise we were eating government pork and government cheese. So under that rubric, when it comes to people eating, uh, I don't care. If states started opening it up so you could night hunt, if you're putting a killing a doe and putting food on the table, if it means kids eating, I don't care. Like it doesn't like bring as much technology to bear as possible. Do as much digital scouting and as many trail cameras as you want to. Um, if, if, if it means people are, you know, eating and enjoying the outdoors. Now I understand if someone wants to like apply a, a, a rule to like Boone and Crockett or to Pope and Young. And when it comes to the chasing of trophy whitetails, um, which is also a pastime that I enjoy engaging in. Um, if they want to say they don't want to admit it to a rule book because you use a trail camera, that's their prerogative. And they, right. I, I feel they can do that, and that's what they should be able to do. But when it comes to putting food on the table, um, or if you are just demand that you're only going to eat wild, free-range, organic game, and you're not going to put any of the crap in your stomach that's raised on a farm or it's got chemicals in it and all of that stuff, then again, use as much technology as you want. I don't care. Like that—that's your right and your choice. So when people start getting into the, like when public land or states, at, at, you know, on mass, like Utah, ban it all together. I'm tired of the government telling me how I can do things. <laughs> yeah. I, can't flush my, I can't flush my toilet or buy a light bulb without the EPA, who are a bunch of unelected um, bureaucrats, telling me that I'm allowed to, or that my light bulb takes on too much power or whatever. And while they're being taken to Congress in a bulletproof <clears throat> limousine that gets three miles to the gallon, like go F yourself. Um, I'll, I'll put lights in my house and food on my table, however I want bureaucrat. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite, um, I'm quite oriented towards individual freedom in that regard. 
and I don't judge how people, if people want to eat free range organic meat and none of the crap that's being produced today on a lot of dairy or cattle farms um, with the hormones and whatnot. And there's robust studies on what this stuff does to like young women and coming into puberty way earlier than they normally would because of all of the hormones that are put into cattle and beef. Um, I don't care if you want to use trail tin cap. So uh, there's a long answer and I'm sorry to give that's you a long right. answer. No, you're good. I, I, if you listen to a lot of the podcasts that I've been on already, you'll find I don't give very many short answers because these questions are important. I, be I believe they are that people are entitled to hear, you know, a, an answer when people have thought about these things. So that's my long answer. I, I apologize. So I'd, I'll give you a short answer in my opinion on that. Number one, I completely agree with, the, with everything you said. Two, uh, I also think that technology, a lot of it, like the cell cameras, there was a reason, uh, an intended use when it was put to the market. And I don't think the intended use was bling. Oh, crap. He's over there. Jump down and run to the next tree. As much as the intended use was uh, set it and forget it style of putting a trail camera out. And you only need to go back when the batteries need to be changed. I personally don't have uh, my trail camera set to notify me every time it goes off. It's like every three hours to every 12 hours. I just get an update in a bunch of pictures from, you know, whatever's passed by in that time frame. So I guess if I was <clears throat> in the tree stand, when I happen to open the app, it doesn't even, I don't even have it set to notify me when that three hour time window is just whenever I think about, Oh, let me see what went past the trail camera today, refresh it. And yeah. then, you know, whatever's been through in those few hours, but <clears throat> it can be, <clears throat> <coughs> it can be abused as with yeah, anything else. Can. Yeah. So like yeah, <coughs> if you're sitting you in a tree stand, do, that, though? do you find people can do that though? I'm sorry. I just wanted to like, I, I I've never, I, I don't know if I've ever met anyone who's been like, Oh, the deer passing this trail camera. Like, do you find people could effectively, or do you know people who can effectively get in and know where that deer is heading and like beat them there? Like you've, this is yeah, something you've seen I, yeah, or it, that it's you've... definitely something that happens, and that's the whole reason that Boone and Crockett went and jumped on the bandwagon to get rid of it. There is some. Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters, we all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050, Eight four three three two four one seven two seven, or email Roman at RomanVHamas dot com. That's R O M A N at R O M A N V H A M M E S dot com. 
offices Florida and South Carolina. The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co. Uh, and it's not necessarily like this buck is standing in front of this, you know, tree stand right now, as much as he's on this trail, which leads to this food source, which happens to go by this. I've got X amount of minutes to get down, sneak over there in my back trail to get in that tree. So he walks past when I'm there for five minutes. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that. Um, especially if they're chasing trophies or whatever, or you're trying to kill a big buck, like, yeah, it's kind of disingenuous. Right. As far as I'm concerned. Um, if it's someone trying to kill a doe and put me on the table, I can give a crap less or even a buck on the table. I don't really care. I've been sitting in the tree Um, stand dicking around on Facebook and all of a sudden had my camera go off and all of a sudden realize, wait, that's where I'm sitting and look up and go, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I think, man, I think technology has saved just as many deer as it has killed deer. Social media, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. smartphones. <laughs> I'm staring at your phone while you're yeah. in the tree stand. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, so there's another thing to Spartan Forge. And, and I think it's really cool because I've heard a lot of people talk about, like, man, I wish there was an app where I could see, like, where my hunting buddy is. Yeah. And that's one of those yep. things, too. You, you, you saw this, and that's where one of your military uh, military terms carries over is the Blue Force Tracker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually just pushed some fixes for Blue Force Tracker today. Um, and then our next update is going to be live location share and um, chat. So if, like, the four of us are hunting together in the same property, we can draw geometry around the property, and we can track our locations in their real time. Um, and share pins in their real time and uh, um, chat about the property that we're on when we're in that property together on real time. So um, that for me has applications when it comes to like hunting with kids, hunting with old timers, um, hunting with novice hunters, you know, people who are brand new to it and you just want to keep tabs on them. Or, or um, if you're an outfitter and you want to send guys out to stands and make sure that they know exactly which stand they're going to and exactly the route that they should take. Um, there, that, there's that for it. And then one of the ways that I'm using it right now, even as I test it, is I hunt a buddy's property. Um, and I, we are testing the live location share. And then he just knows when I'm back there because I don't enter from his front drive. I enter from behind and then he just knows I'm back there and he knows not to go back there. Um, whenever I'm back there hunting, cause I hunt, it's like a five acre property and I'm back in the trees. So there's a lot of neat. And then also, I wouldn't say it's like the first thing that you should do when you're trying to knock on doors or get access to someone's property if you're hunting somewhere. Um, You know, because someone might be say like, oh, I've had bad experiences. Like the last guy who I let hunt in the back messed up some hay bales or, you know, screwed with my barn or did something along those lines. You can say, look, uh, 
you can install this app called Spartan Forge, and you can see exactly where I've been on your property, and you can know that I'm doing exactly what I say I'm going to do, um, and then I'm not using your property to trespass or do something else because these are all stories I've heard from people when I'm knocking on people's doors. So um, yeah, we those the the live location share in the chat is going to be in our next update, and we just pushed a bunch of fixes on the team building part. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that and a lot of other stuff that uh, is coming out with that um, soon after. I think that could be something <clears throat> that like, you know, we do a lot of uh, small game hunts or man, we could even use that on the Swanee River just to know. Yeah, well, yeah, where, where the yeah. guy, the next guy on the canoe we is. We do a, a five day, 50 mile trip down the Swanee every year with a bunch of yep. the guys, you know, that listen to the podcast, stuff like that. And, uh, sometimes some people get way behind or way ahead and you could use that literally just to watch those other, where everybody else is on the river. Right. But, yep. And also for deer drives, like when you're coordinating deer drives, if everyone's got, if you've got service and everyone's got the phone, then you, you know, like even, even if you're shooting and you're identifying your target and you've identified it perfectly and you're looking at a buck, you don't know what's 30, 80, 90, 100, 120 yards behind it. Um, and so it just buys down risk in that regard, too. That yeah, I mean, you know, that, dude, the, the dog hunters here. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of dog hunting right here near. If the dog hunters could even use that to see. Track each other's trucks. Yeah, track I mean, each yeah. other, yeah. <clears throat> you're tracking the dogs uh, pretty well, but to be able to know where the next truck is that you can't see, that that is actually fairly useful, too. We don't really do deer drives in Florida or I mean, <laughs> I think part of it technically dog hunting would be yeah, not man exactly. drives. Yeah. Well, cause we, we just can't get through the brush. No, you cannot. <laughs> Fuck that. I would, yeah. I would, uh, <clears throat> that's something I'd like to participate in a man, a man deer drive. Of course, you know, there's always like when we were younger, dad's like, I'm going to get out of the tree stand. Uh, I'm going to walk towards you. Don't get down. We'll see if we can push something to you. Uh, I don't think that yeah. ever happened successfully, but. Yeah, deer drives are fun. I have a lot. Of, I've done them in areas where they're a lot of fun. Some people don't like them. Um, I've done them a few times. Like I did my first one like three years ago, um, and it's a ton of fun to hunt. Like it's it's just totally different style of hunting where you get to be a little more active and you know you get to ha do have fun with your friends and um, you know stir up some deer. You know, see, in the in the same regard as to dog hunting, I feel like man drives are probably just more of like a a big family oriented style hunt yeah for sure it's it's a traditional use practice as well that we definitely one of the other things that people would like to see on we need to guard things like that because it's you know give an inch take a mile it's another one of those things where you let the government's grimy fingers get a hold of something in hunting <laughs> right <laughs> yeah disinterested bureaucrats that wouldn't be able to tell a 30 odd six from a hole in their head um <laughs> they're telling you you know how you should hunt and where you should hunt and where you should hunt and who you should hunt with and what caliber rifle or whatever. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm, I, in the last like three or four years, I've really gotten at my wits end with, uh, with that type of stuff. I used to always make fun of my uncles and stuff like that when I was a kid, because they'd always complain about the government. And now I've become one of those guys and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just as bad as they are. I'm worse. Actually, I'm worse than they are. I'm way worse than they are. <laughs> There's not a thing in government that you couldn't bring up that I couldn't complain about. I'm I'm pretty bad. So, the the big looming question: moving pins from other apps if you're switching to Spartan Forge. 
how easy yeah, as long you as, to do. Yeah, I mean, so with as long as the app allows the export of pins, it's simple. Um, we have a video on our YouTube um, where there's, I don't remember all of the apps, but I think the one that's demoed on YouTube is Onyx. Um, so as long as you can export the pin, which I think Onyx Hunt Stand allow you to do, but I don't think like Base Map or Go Hunt, maybe Go Hunt does, I can't remember. As long as they allow you to export the pin, then we allow you to import it. Um, so it's fairly simple. Like I think the video that even shows you how to do it takes all of like two and a half minutes or something like that. Yes, yeah, so yeah. So I've got 54 wood duck boxes we have to go back and maintain. They're all marked on my Onyx currently. And uh, I can't afford to lose those 54 pins because we got to go back and change media and everything else to make sure the wood duck nests are ready to go for next year. Yeah, we're actually coming up with some duck features. Um, I just hired a guy who's a, a product manager for me, and he's we're doing duck-oriented features that I think are really going to be cool for people. Just um, having, that, that I, <clears throat> having that wind direction ready, readily available all the time right there on the compass is a big thing. Uh, when it comes to duck hunting. You'd be surprised how many people don't realize that's wind. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll have people constantly be like, this is all great and I love this, but when can I get wind direction? I'm like, it's in three places, dude. It's right on the the main screen. When you push the Intel button, there's a whole stream of it telling you everything it's going to do for the next 10 days, every hour. Um, And then when you build journals, you can go back in time and look at old wind direction. We're going to make it easier, even easier in the future. And we're going to do the wind pills on the map as well. Um, and some other cool stuff with wind in the off season. We've got a very big off season. So I don't know if um, you guys used the app last year, but the app last year really was like a 25 or a 30. Like if I were grading it on a test, I would have given it like a 30 or a 35 last year. My goal is to get the AI out there and to deal with the app stores and to understand all of the red tape. Um, with doing updates and that type of stuff. And um, so going to the to, to this season, I would grade the I would grade the application now at like 65 or 70 percent, something like that, which you know other apps in the market I would give like a 60 or 65. Um, so I, I, we're right in there with the exception of some like property data that we have to tighten up. We're right in there, but when it comes to the western hunt data being in there, when it comes to the LIDAR layers, when it comes to four different aerial maps, when it comes to the ease of dropping pins, like a lot of people don't know, but you can just double click the compass to drop a pin. Um, when it comes to the usability and the reliability, because I can look at the reports of how often the app crashes for people um, and then what causes the app crashing, um, I would put us at that like 70% now. Um, our app crash rates far better than other apps that are out there. Um, the only phone phone that we really have problems with is like pixels, Google pixels. Hmm. Um, and so anyway, the, the reason I say that is because as much as we improved from last year to this year, we're going to do even more from this year to next year. In fact, we just dropped an update today. Um, that's that, um, really tightened up blue force tracker. Um, and then we're doing some really cool stuff on our web app. Um, where you can do like split map analysis and that type of stuff where you have two maps that look exactly the same. That'll either be dropping tonight or tomorrow, but it'll be like a side-by-side map where you'll have LiDAR on one side and you'll have the UAV layer on this side, or you'll have a historical map on this side and a more recent map on this side. And then whatever you do on the one map does on the other map. 
which is super helpful whenever you're looking at like old timber cuts or you're looking at, you know, anything. There's a ton of useful stuff there. So when I was sitting inside tonight as my wife's wrapping Christmas presents, which is going to sound really weird because this is not coming out until like January. Um, But uh, she was asking, it's like, oh, who are you talking to tonight? And I started explaining Spartan Forge and some of the things that – I liked about the app and the ability to look back at the past um, aerial photos, not the weather, but you know what it used to look like. The the older uh, satellite imagery was something that really um, stood out to me. And then your, your LIDAR feature, which I mean, I pride myself on being able to read a topographical map fairly well. Um, But when you throw up that LIDAR, dude, you can't beat that in the way that uh, yeah, shows Yeah, I hope up. it's high resolution in your area. We have 70% of the U.S. is high resolution, which is like one meter. So it changes every three feet. The, you can tell three foot of change. Um, but there's still 30% of the U.S. that we are con- either contracting to get people flying it or um, we are looking for the data still. Um, yeah, it's super. And then we're really going to make it cool over this off season. Have you ever watched like the show Game of Thrones? Yes. No. So you remember the map, like in the beginning of the Game of Thrones, that that show. Remember the map that you kind of see in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. That's what a lidar map is going to look like here in a few months. So oh, it's going to be cool. very. It's going to be meshed. And it's going to load like everywhere, and it's going to. If you use like Strava or Fat Map, the way that you interact with it, it's going to be much smoother. It's just going to be a far better user experience. What What, what does it look like getting the drone? Was it drone? Aerial yeah, dr- or, or the the drone photos, the, like the really up to date stuff you could zoom in really far with. How far are you uh, with getting more of the U.S. mapped on that? And where are your common areas now? So I do that by disposition of our users. Whenever I contract new stuff, so that wherever I have the most users is where I do it first. If we were to try to blanket the whole U.S. with it, it would be something like thirty or thirty-five million dollars to cover the whole U.S. with that imagery. So we have to do it in pockets where either other people want it done so we get it even cheaper or when we try to get it ourselves it becomes very expensive like we have a ton of users a lot of our users are in pennsylvania just because of the other features that we have in pennsylvania that are so good and i kind of cut my teeth on pennsylvania and western maryland and i knew where all the data was so we just have really large data users there so we expand there pretty quickly um and uh we and we had a large number of users we had you know at one point i think something like 20 percent of our users were up there um so we expanded up there pretty a lot of with the uav and other stuff just to support those users so it's a little, another long answer but it's basically wherever the concentrations of users are is where we try to expand it um and my goal well <clears throat> in about a month or two maybe less maybe four to six weeks we're going to have one meter data so if you look at like sat 2 in the app right now that's one meter data which is like the way to think about one meter data is if you have a baseball bat in your front yard a three foot item in your front yard on the ground you should be able to see it in one meter data okay wow Wow. (laughs) so that one meter data and then the the imagery that you're talking about is sorry i've got a frog in my throat the super hyper clear imagery that you're talking about is between five and 15 centimeters so that imagery wow. is if you drop a baseball in the front yard, you should be able to see the baseball. That's the UAV imagery, um, which is pockets of it. It's, you know, about half the U.S. is covered, but it's 80 percent of the U.S. population. 
um, with that one meter imagery, which is the baseball bat resolution imagery, we're going to cover the whole U.S. with that in a few months, and it will be seven to ten years of historical with it. So we made a really large purchase. We got all of that imagery, and we're busy um, uh, stitching the tiles together and displaying it right now. But you'll be able to do the historical imagery for all of the U.S., and it won't be the garbage that you see in other apps. Like I think Hunstand and Onyx right now allow you to do some historical stuff, but it always looks like shit. It's because they're buying shit imagery that's that's that other people have contracted that's no good, um, and because they don't want to build the tile, they don't generally they don't I know this they don't build their own tiles and they don't know they don't have the people um, to they haven't hired the people who know what they're doing with maps properly like a proper cartographer, so we I've done that work and I know it in and out and I, I train the other guys and work with other guys in the company that have that. Um, of those abilities so we are putting all we bought that raw imagery we've processed it all we're stitching it together and we're going to release it for all of the u.s soon so if you can see like three i mean you could with three meter data you or one meter data you you could see a deer if you knew a deer was there you'd be able yeah to see it. yeah <laughs> but if you didn't know it was there you wouldn't be able to see it right <clears throat> right i was gonna say you're like from what you're saying, I'm I'm taking like several apps that I use now and I'm combining them into one because like you said, to me, Onyx is like sat view stuff. When I try to zoom in, it's shit. It, it just gets yeah. blurry and grainy. And then, but I had found that like uh, Google Earth had worked better than Onyx when I was able to zoom in. So then I can take having to switch from those two apps and I'm just using one app to do that now. Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, it's one of those things where um, it's, I don't know how to put this. Um, you can use, so you can use Google's maps, which is like what Basemap does, but you're only ever going to get whatever their mapping is and you won't be able to control it. Yeah. And they don't have their own map tile server, so they can't control um, what maps they put up or what maps they put down. They rely on Google. So Google updates the imagery and if it's crap, imagery or if it's all green and you can't see the ground and you used to have like leaf off stuff and that's what you liked it's just going to be up to whatever google puts up there well, and I can't, the same thing go sorry ahead. go ahead i was gonna say i can't use leaf off anyways they don't have it in florida so well the leaves right. are always yeah. on so yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the um with uh with Mapbox, which is what like onyx uses it's what huntstan uses um we use it on one of our layers um you're subject to whatever they want. You can load stuff over it, which is what Onyx is doing right now, but you don't control the way that the tiles render. You don't control the other supplemental maps. Um, so you're subject to them in that regard too. So what we did was we built our own map tile server and that allows us to do stuff like a LiDAR layer. It allows us to, um, we had to recompute the entire US, but we can do the customizable um, to um, topo contour lines so you can choose the contour lines that you want, which is not, you know, all the other ones make no sense. Like when you go into like an Onyx or a Hunstand and you zoom on contour lines, you'll actually see that they're off. They're not stitched evenly. So it becomes unusable in those areas. Yeah. Um, so we computed, we downloaded the DEM data, which is the digital elevation model for all of the US. We built our own layers of contour lines. So for the people that don't know exactly what LIDAR is, what is LIDAR? So you've heard of like 
radar, obviously, right? Like, um, like ra- um, so radar is just radio detection and ranging. And what that means is, is that a pulse gets set, um, gets fired from a radar gun. And then that pulse has a length and a timing interval to it. And then it hits something and it comes back. And then depending on how quickly it does that, you can, you can infer the, the velocity of the, the thing that you're shooting it at. So for cops, they're trying to pull people over. So they get their radar gun, they calibrate it, they shoot it at a vehicle, and then they know how fast it's going because they know how long it took for that pulse of energy to get back. Um, LIDAR is the same, only it's light detection and ranging. So it's just using light um, to, to map the ground. And what's convenient about that is um, light penetrates canopy and vegetation. So all you're getting is the ground. So if you look at the LIDAR, you can see the foundations of houses, you can see the foundations of large buildings, you can see roads, um, and you can see historical roads and historical logging and historical paths, um, which, you know, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly about like where you guys are, but I assume it's the case. Um, But in other areas where there's old logging roads and old trail systems, or even homemade trail systems that don't show up on a map, you will see all of that stuff when you have high resolution LIDAR because the ground had to be changed or it became changed over time. Like when I was using it in Montana, I could see elk trails, like elk trails that had been used and used and used in the side of like a hill. You could see it and then you could see where all of them came together. And then that informed where I wanted to go and scout because obviously many, you know, it's an intersecting hub of trails. So the LIDAR just allows you to get um, building and and vegetation um, penetrating imagery of the ground that then you can um, lot, lot, put slope angle and topo and other things over top of it. And that really helps you to inform, you know, what you're looking at and visualizing it before you step in there. Let's say that really, like where here in Florida, topo is pretty much like, it's non-existent just gonna, yeah yeah it's non-existent so something like LIDAR, six miles between the topographical lines yeah <laughs> one foot elevation yeah. change yeah yeah so lidar is something that could help oh, dude. extremely well I don't, I don't know how much you looked at the state of florida through lidar but you can see all the old fire breaks yeah and which is like places that. like you, I, I went back and looked at the island we hunted on and you can see so much there that you can't see otherwise yeah on onyx or looking at a top uh topo map or anything um, and I was like, wow, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Up, it that way. up here in Virginia, it helps me a ton because, um, there are like ground seeps and there are tiny, tiny creeks that are not on any types of maps, but they definitely drive deer movement because the deer, if they're not pressured, will just walk along them or beside them, or they'll cross them at the low points. And you can, see, I did have Instagram reel, like probably like two months ago or three months ago where I'd saw like a really big 150 and I'd always seen these deer always followed the same trail into this area. And I never could understand why, um, because I didn't have access to where they were coming in from. But then when I got LIDAR loaded up for that area and took a look at that area, they were following the Creek system, um, that you could only see on LIDAR and it wasn't denoted on any map. And then that helped me choose a new spot to set up on. And especially when you start like looking at the wind and choosing your stand selection, um, you're making a much more informed selection on where you're going, especially if the deer are coming off of property that you don't have access to. Right. 
That that lidar can really be a game changer, especially when you're looking at it <clears throat> before you ever set foot in the woods. Because a lot of us, you know, we have limited time that we can actually be away from family and work and everything else and get out of the woods. So be able to gather as much intel as you can before you ever leave the house uh, to know, you know, not necessarily where to hunt, but where to start to look for a place to hunt is crucial. Exactly. Yeah, And I think yeah, is, exactly. is AI even does that, helps you know where to start looking yeah yes the, and there's what well, we're going to do more stuff with the ai going forward that i think is really neat we actually have a major release of a product that we've been working on for about two years um that is just going to knock people's socks off um like they're not going to believe it and uh the that it's there it's it, it's just pattern recognition like i don't like the term ai because it's really a a non sequitur. It doesn't really. It's not AI. We don't know what AI is. We don't know what a. We don't know what I is. We don't know what intelligence. <laughs> Intelli- yeah. like. don't, what is intelligence and how do you quantify it? What like we have. I, I know it when I don't have, see it. <laughs> I know it yeah, when it's like, missing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know they asked the Supreme Court just, justice. I think it was Clarence Thomas back in the day. Like, what is pornography? And he said, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I know it when I see it. Um, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, but the the point I'm trying to make is people are so strained on time these days, way more than we used to be. And everyone has to work more or work two jobs or, you know, you're extremely busy at, you know, even with our daughter this last week before school, we have to spend an hour every morning getting her ready in her costume that she has to do for school. (sighs) And, you know, and then we were, my wife and I are both working you know, I'm full, full beyond full-time jobs. You probably both do like 50 hours a week or more. Um, and you want to spend time with your loved ones whenever you can, but you also still want to hunt and enjoy yourself outdoors. And and that time is limited. So if you can, if you can distill and it, like our app's not going to tell you what, I don't think it really tells you where exactly to scout, but I think it can really tell you where not to scout. Um, and, and I think that's actually more important. So it's 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 telling you where you know there won't be deer, or where you can think or, or reasonably assume that there won't be deer, or that the it, that the area doesn't fit it. Now deer can be anywhere, but what I mean is, generally you can start distilling that information, and then and then save yourself time and make some informed decisions, um, and, uh, and and some other stuff that we're coming out with. That I, I wish I could talk more liberally about, but it's all there to just help the hunter. Like you still have to choose the site. You still have to get in the stand. You still need to get there early. You still need to walk slowly. You still need to get up the tree quietly. You still need to stay off your phone. You still have to be accurate with your bow. Your tradecraft, woods, woodsmanship, all needs to be there. Um, the app's not going to ever do any of that for you. So, you know, that is still there and present. Well, nothing can replace woodsmanship, and <clears throat> that is something that um, I think we could all use a good brush up on. Um, but... You, you talk about making informed decisions. Let's talk about the journaling portion of Spartan Forge and how that helps you helps you make the informed decisions. Yeah, so I mean, I use it in kind of a weird way right now, and we're we're actually going to make this a lot easier in this off season. But we had to prioritize kind of the way that we built things in this in the in the um, the order that we built it in, and um, <clears throat> what we're going to do um, is make the journaling feature much easier to interact with, but also more informative. 
And how I'm using it right now is whenever I have a target buck, I will, like, I obviously have my camera on the ground. I will make a journal entry for every time I see that target buck on the camera. And then what the app will do is it will go and grab that weather. So when I pull a card or I, I like you, I, I get my cell camera pictures once a day. So when I see the deer on there that I'm targeting, I'll make a target. I will make a journal entry and it takes me like 10 seconds. I'll make a journal entry for every one of those. And then I'll take a picture of it with the phone and then I'll just hide the pin on the map. And then what I'll end up having is on my camera pin, I'll just have like 15 journal entries on that camera pin. But then when I look at all of those camera um, journal pin entries, I can see the winds, the only winds that that deer is in that area on or the temperature that that, that or that or the pressure, all of those things I can start looking at and then drawing conclusions about when that buck is choosing to be in that area. With most bucks, there's a little bit of me method to the madness, like they're there on north or northeast winds or east winds, but they're or, or they're never there on south winds. That's another one I think people miss. Like the buck will be present on every wind and they'll just be like, oh man, this buck's there all the time. And it's like, well, I don't see any south winds there. So that will inform me for now, you know, and then I'll write in the notes of that tree stand, the target buck only shows up on these winds. And so what I'll do in this off season this year is you're going to be able to set alerts and you're going to be able to easily journal. And we're going to do some other integration stuff to where the app will make all of that much easier, but you'll be able to kind of pluck the patterns out with associated with certain types of animals and certain animals. Um, and, and, and just, it's going to simplify that. So that's how I use it right now. Um, and it's a little work, but it's, I used to use like graphing paper and I used to write it down and go back to like this website where, um, you got, uh, it was for pilots. The website was made for pilots and I would pay for it like nine bucks a month or something. And I would have access to every like historical wind back to like 1980. Um, and that's what I would do on there is I would graph my, my, my target bucks like that. Um, mostly cause I'm a psycho. So I'm trying. I'm trying to make a lot of these things easier. That's <clears throat> that. That's a big thing, and I think journaling. I mean, hell, without journaling, we wouldn't know half about what happened on like the Lewis and Clark expedition. Right. Yeah. Like, journaling is. Yeah, those guys used to write is, all the time. Like, yeah. Volumes. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It. It's insane, and it's the common thing with every great hunter that I know. People always ask me, like. Like, what's the big thing? Like, like, you know, on our pro staff, we've got some really notable hunters and I interact with really notable hunters. And some of them are just on, like product owners for me, which means I will just consult. I just pay some of them just to consult like um, Garrett Crawl on our pro staff or Aaron Snyder. I just keep them on a retainer where I can call them and ask them questions about things that I want to do. Um, all of those guys who are constant killers who are perennially killing large deer or more than perennial, like, you know, monthly or like three or four times a year, like this guy on our pro staff, his name's Andy May. Um, Andy for like the past five years, will have like 15 sits and he'll kill three mature deer. And he is the most meticulous notes and diary user of anyone I've ever met in my life. And that's the common thread between all of these hunters. Like all of them kind of have their own style, but all of them write everything down um, all the time. 
No, it's easy. I mean, you, you think about not write when you don't write things down, and you go back and you try and tell the story of the the big buck you killed. You're like, oh, what time was it? You're like, ah, probably right. thirty minutes after sunrise. Yeah. Or what was the temperature? Or what was the weather that day? And you're months away. You're like, ah, I'm pretty sure it was it was sunny. You know, it, which you write those things down when they're fresh in your mind, and you can go back and you can start to see a pattern um, that you regularly kill deer in this area with this wind, this temperature, this weather, barometric pressure, all kinds of crazy things you can look at. And a lot of that stuff transcends across uh, states and, you know, property borders and everything else. So it's usable information no matter where you're at. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see with, like, the journaling where, like, here in Florida we have to, uh, I know other states don't do it, but we we put in for quota hunts. So they give us, uh, I'll put in for a specific area, and if I'm awarded it, I'm given three dates, three days that I'm allowed to hunt that area. So, and sometimes you get one area that has these three dates, and you get another one, they both have the same. And after I've done my journal entries properly throughout my scouting or have my camera out, then I can go, hey, if the weather is supposed to be this, I need to turn this permit in and go hunt this one. Right. Yep, exactly. <coughs> you good? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> I lived. That last little bit of whiskey got to me right there. Oh, man. I'm trying to think if we've got anything else that, that I want to cover. I mean, the Spartan Forge app is, is something that uh, when I I just jumped on the, the free version a few weeks ago. This is actually before Jordan uh, had messaged you, and we did not even communicate with each other about having you on that prompted. I was like, yeah, so I saw something about it on social media. I downloaded I started looking at the features of that, and I was just floored with how much, you know, uh, how feature-rich it is. Um, and I, some of that, it's just crazy. What, what do you have offline maps as well? I didn't happen to look at that. Yeah, we do. You just push the maps button at the bottom. There's two buttons to make new offline maps or to access the ones that you've saved. So you can say, yeah, cause that's a big thing for me on our lease in Alabama. I don't have cell phone signal on the majority of the lease we have up there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is which is funny because I got away from Verizon because it sucks here at the house, and then I go up there, and that's the only one that gets signal. So now, I'm, uh, the SOL. Yeah. Uh, but um, having those offline maps is a big thing too. Which I guess you find that out as soon as you get to where you're going to go hunt. That uh, I don't have cell phone signal here. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to actually do a um, a statewide offline map that at least just does roads and, and areas. So like you can establish your home state and it will just automatically download an offline map for the entire state. Um, I'm trying to do that right now, but it's kind of diff- the math on it and the amount of tiles I have to serve. Um, but I'm getting there. Like I'm, I think I'm going to be able to do it pretty soon. So I think one thing where I'm, where I still use a separate app outside of my mapping is uh, like I'll use a Venza because some of these like my current mapping app doesn't show me like our wmas have like certain areas within them that aren't huntable and it's just not as accurate as like if i download the brochure and then put it in so is that something that like i could use on spartan forge because i know it'll show me the wma itself 
but it doesn't show me these areas within it that I can't hunt. So that's actually something that I'm working on right now where you're going to be able to take a picture of an arbitrary object and then drop it on the map. So if somebody has like a, if someone draws you a map yeah. basically and says like, this is my private property. Here it is. It's like this block and you can go here, 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 but don't go here. You can, you'll be able to take a picture of that and then import it and put it on your map and then pinch it or zoom it to make it fit the property lines. And then so that, you know, where you don't have to go. So if you see, if you've got a WMA where they constantly update, where if they're like switching the stands or the areas where you can go, I want people to be able to take a picture of that. Um, and then, and then drop it onto the map and then make, you know, stretch it until yeah. it fits. It's like, map. it's like, hang on, hang on. That, that's a that's a game changer because think think about it. I look at it from this way you get if you spend enough time and this is a hot tip you spend enough time around a, a popular check station and you truly show intent to listen to the old heads that are there they will give you so much information historical information yeah. about the area now imagine one of those guys draws you a map starting from this road to cross this creek to cross that and then you can take that and kind of size it up to your area and now you're not really you you're you're guessing as to where uh, the big bucks always lived. It not it's going to be exact because it's a hand drawn map, but your area, your target area is going to shrink significantly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over that. Yeah, it's kind of like how when I built that KMZ file for us on that one hunt. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did that. And then the other thing that I'm going to do is if you see a map, like if you and this is something I won't be able to control because I don't look at users' data. But if you see a better map somewhere else that you like, screenshot it and then drop it into your app, and then it will be there. Right. So yeah, if you, that's if you nice. like the Google map, if you like the Google map better, I can't stop you from taking a screenshot of it and putting it in the app. That's going to be awesome. That that would be that would be something really neat to have. That I mean, yep. you you've combined so many of the. Seems like you've taken the best features of a lot of. Uh, different things we use and put them into Spartan Forge, and that is something that's that makes it a game changer altogether. And then on top of that, it's uh, less expensive than Onyx. Yeah, and the other ones. You're being overcharged. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're selling you commodity data, which is data that you can get anywhere, and they're you know throwing it in there and they're overcharging you because nobody else is undercharged. If I do anything with this damn company it's going to be make these big guys charge less for their services or up their game on the services that they're offering. Here, here's the, here's the thing I hate. And I, I'll go on the record and say this because Onyx will tell you, if you buy like the premium membership, they'll give you discounts with all these brands. Well, you go and you look at your 10% discount on the brand and it's the MSRP on their website. And then you jump over to Amazon and the same thing you were going to buy for 10% off is $20 cheaper. Yeah. And Onyx just got paid $150,000 for serving up all of their users an advertisement to go and buy that product. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's but, exactly how it works. Yeah. I've been offered the same money to do it. Now I don't like, I might do it with the free app, um, but I'm not going to do it in the way that like Onyx or HuntSan and these other ones do it where you watch, have to sit there and watch a video or click through a bunch of crap on the map. I'm actually building the free app out because the free app, we give away property data. Because that's the reason that most people pay for the data is because they want the pro they pay for the apps because they want the property data. I'm just going to give that away for free. So tell me, so this. I am giving it, I am giving it away for free. 
I did notice that you can see the property lines, and I told my wife that. I even with the free app, I said, "Man, why pay for Onyx?" Yeah, right. Well, the thing is, like, you, you, I didn't see, I didn't notice if I could still see who owned it, right? But I could see the property lines, regardless. No, if, you can. If you zoom enough, you'll be able to see who owns it. So, the, but the thing is, too, even if you couldn't, I still need to know if I'm on the, you know, if the proper where the property line is, regardless of whether I pay for the yeah. app or not. I don't want to trespass. And you the, already the, paid for that with your taxpayer dollars. Why should you pay for it again? Right. Yeah. Fair. You paid money to the county, and the county uploaded that into a book, and then the county's obligated to put it online. Why should you pay for that again? How in good conscience can we charge people for that when we're getting taxed out of the ass for everything else anyway? I love this guy. So, so tell <laughs> me this. Tell me this. I, I know we're we're getting short on time, but please tell me that when I pay for your app, that you will send me an email like a week or two out before my subscription expires, so that when I jump on there to use it <clears throat> on X, uh, then I realize my subscription's up. You I never get an email when you're 14 days out, but then also if you click the three-line menu on the app, you'll see every day that you have left. So when you open the app right now and you click the three-line menu, you see every day that you have left. See, that's nice because I don't, Th- I don't ever realize... This is a thinking man, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't ever realize that I haven't paid you know, my years up with Onyx until I open it up and it's like, upgrade now. And I'm like, ah, crap. You know, yeah, and, yep. and that's and every time I open it, I don't open it to go look. I have Onyx. I open it because I need some kind of information from it. And but then also, it's like uh, it's the I don't know if you guys ever heard of like Mitch Hedberg, but he's got this joke where he's a comic back in the day, and he's got this joke where he says, "I don't know why they shut down escalators that stop working. It's just the escalators stop working. It's now you have stairs. Exactly. Yeah. You're welcome for the convenience." Yeah. It's the same thing with our app. If you stop paying for it, now you've got a free app with property data. You're welcome for the convenience. Like I, I I'm not I'm not interest I'm I'm not interested in double charging people for something that they've already paid for. That is offensive to me. So what I'll do is I will talk to some um, companies or what I've done is I've talked to some companies and just like when you load the app up You'll notice like when I load the app up, you get that little Spartan Forge picture. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That little picture will just have an advertisement on it. If you don't click it, you'll go to the app. If you click it, then you'll go. If they're, if, so like we're going to be working with, um, they're called Cryptech Camo. So Cryptech is buying that opening screen. So there'll be a guy in Cryptech Camo. And if you're like, I like that camo, you can click the link. If you don't, it'll go to the app. There's no other bullshit in there. And that all that does is it pays for the property data and the updating and then all of the compute resources that I have to put aside in order to give you the free app. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's people have pay for enough and, and, and kids, especially that are trying to get into hunting, don't have one hundred nineteen bucks laying around. Preach. And 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 it's our pastime and it's our right to do this. And. You should know if you're trespassing or not, and you should also know where your data is or where your public land that your taxpayer money has paid for. You're getting charged enough, um, and and these freaking companies need to quit. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. So if it costs me sixty grand a year, which is about what it does to run the free app, then I'm going to pay it. And 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 as more people come on and see that I'm not here to screw anyone over. And as a, as people learn that we are an app that's here to just help the hunting community and expand it and make it better for everyone, then more people will use that free app. And then I can, you know, tell, you know, Cryptech next year, 
um, make it 70,000 to pay for all of the, and I, I'll publish, I tell the prices out loud, make it, you know, 70 grand next year. And um, we'll keep you on the opening screen and kids will be able to go and hunt and they'll have to look at your advertisement for two seconds. You're, if you like the camera, they'll click on it. If they don't, they won't. Your customer service speaks for itself. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people say something about Spartan Forge on you name the hunting page, popular hunting page on Facebook. Somebody tags you or you see it automatically and then bam, everything is solved in the comments or in a personal message. And just being there. I spend almost two hours a morning doing customer service myself as the CEO. Again, not because I'm better than anybody else, but it's because it's my job as the person who runs this company to have a pulse on what the hunters want. So every morning when I wake up at usually about 5 a.m., my wife my wife goes to D.C. to work, and I'm, I'm up at about 5. Um, I will go get my pre-workout, like my no-explode, and I'll come to my desk here, and I will do customer service for about two hours to three. And then for the last half hour of customer service and the last half hour of tickets, I'll start taking my pre-workout. I'll go do my workout at like 8 a.m., and then I'm back at my desk at 9 to start my day, and my day usually goes till about 8, and that's every day. But that, again, you will never talk to a CEO of BaseMap or, or Onyx or HuntStand, and you won't even never know their names. And then also, when you start peeling back, go and look at how these people get funded. I'm not going to call them out by name, but people should look at who funds these companies, where they come from, and who their buddies are. Because most of them can't stand our country, they can't stand our Bill of Rights, and they cover for people who should be in jail. That's all I'll say. And I almost went to work for one of the other big companies until I did that research. Then I was like, I can't in good conscience work for this company. Sounds no like I need to do some that. research. We're, we're, we're glad for where you are now and providing us with the Spartan Forge app. And I, I mean, you 100% convinced me. I'm not, uh, I'll go on the record and say, I am not paying for Onyx anymore. In yeah. fact, when, well, when you I, shouldn't have to. There should be a free app there for you. They exist because of you. And because of the money that you've given them in the past. There's just as many ads on Onyx as there is on Candy Crush when you don't pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the the product. Right. Yeah. Onyx isn't the product. You are. I'll tell you that I'm going to charge you for your two seconds of eyeballs, and then you'll get the app for free. You're never going to see an in-app advertisement. I'm never going to spam you with bullshit. And um, I'm never going to take it away um, because you can't afford. If you can't afford the 69 bucks, I have sympathy for you. So I'm going to provide you a free hunting application so that you can go out and hunt. Those are the people who need it more than anyone. We're talking 69 bucks. Have you priced a 12 pack of name brand soda recently? Yeah. Don't drink soda for a couple of weeks. $9, $10 for a, a 12 pack of Mountain Dew. Like make yourself a little healthier. Skip the twelve packs of Mountain Dew, and buy Spartan Forge. Case in or don't eat out at or don't eat out at Outback one time. Yeah, you can go to Outback <laughs> for six for seventy bucks. <laughs> yeah, but or, or you can pay it for monthly. Like we do a monthly option where it's seven bucks or seven ninety nine. And if your hunting season's three months long, use the free app in the off season. Then use the AI and the cool features or whatever for three months, and then go back to free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I do have one app that I used to use. I don't pay for it anymore, but 
uh, I was able to get phone numbers of landowners sometime, that, that sometimes worked, which is why I stopped yeah. paying for it. Cause that was hunt stand. It was hunt wise. Hunt wise. Yeah. We're trying to integrate that in the off season, but we're having the same problem that hunt wise did, which is there are services, state and counties that charge like so many pennies per lookup. Um, but then there are other places where it's not, and there's no like national registry. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I'm looking into that. I want to provide that for people. Um, it's probably, you know, towards the bottom quarter of my priorities of stuff that I'm building, but it'll get, well, we will get there. We'll probably get there sometime in the middle of next hunt season. Yeah, um, I was going to say uh, I'm you, in a month, you, the, the update that you're going to see in like a month or a month and a half is going to knock y'all socks off. Y'all aren't going to believe it. I'm going to have to get it by then. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I have the free version. I'm going to have to pay for it now. Oh, I'm I'm definitely paying for it because I already have to. It's either pay for Spartan Forge or pay for Onyx. So I'm going to pay for Spartan Forge and import all my Onyx pens over there. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 that simple. And I mean, as you guys have any issues, if you do, let me know. If there's things that you want to see in the application, let me know. I keep a rolling list of. I'm looking at it right now. Of every time someone tells me they want a feature, I put a, a tick by it. It's on my desktop right now. And when I see so many ticks, it gets reprioritized in the list. So the consumer drives my priority list. Yeah, if you could find a way to, like that old PlayStation Deer Hunter game, to make the orange dot show up on the map wherever the deer were when you had an easy mode, that'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Then I'll get ran out of the hunting community. Yeah. (laughs) Looking to start banning Spartan Forge in some states. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Well, I want, I want to keep you. I want to let you get your kids to bed. I, I appreciate you uh, joining us this evening, man. That was such a great, informative episode. Uh, do you guys have any more questions before we let him get off here? No, I want to ask for a promo code for anybody picking it up off the podcast. I, I can make you all one if you want me to. It, you guys just tell me what it is, and if you know what it is right now, I can make you all one. Um, or if you want me to just name one right now, like I have my own whenever I talk to people. Um Oh, so that just, I give out. Yeah, what's yours? Doesn't we'll, matter. Just, we'll just do the, uh, We could just do UPO is, and then whatever you mine want. Mine is just Spartan. So if you go to, you have to go to www.spartanforge.ai. And then if you sign up for the app there and use the code Spartan, you'll get 20% off. So we'll we'll put Spartan down there. I'll, I'll link that in the podcast description with the code. You guys will be able to scroll right down there, click on the link to the website, and the code will be in. Is it? Capital, non-caps, doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Okay, so I'll just doesn't put it right there for you to copy it after you before you click on the link, and you can paste it in and get Spartan 20% off Spartan Forge. Nice. Yeah, and um, also, like I said, if you guys want one in the future, I can make one for you. And if anybody – but they have to go to the website. If they download it through the App Store and try to use it there, it won't work. The App Store doesn't allow for codes because the App Store takes almost half the price of the app. Jeez. So, um, oh, I've, I've noticed. Download – yeah, you download, um, or I'm sorry, you sign up on the website and then download it and log in with whatever, whatever credentials you made on the website. Give us awesome. the website one more time. www.spartanforge, like Spartan, like the word Spartan, and then forge like a, where you make weapons, F-O-R-G-E, um, dot A-I as in artificial intelligence. All right. Coolio. I'm going right and now. Then we, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll be announcing here in a couple of days a veterans hunt um, where we're going to take two veterans and two non-veterans hunting in Alabama. 
So y'all can let your, you know, non-veterans can win as well. There'll be two non-veterans and two veterans. When is, when is that hunt? February 3rd, I think. Okay. Or so like you'll, this will come out in uh, like the second week of January, uh, just at the okay. first Monday after New Year. So uh, that'll be perfectly in time. And we'll, we'll definitely announce that as well. Yep. And then all people have to do to enter is just tag us um, and uh, tag a buddy. And you can enter once. And then if you want, want to enter more than once, like we had one guy last year who entered like 500 times, um, you, you just put a dollar down and you can be entered more than once. Then we take that money and um, we present it to a veteran nonprofit. So like last year, a, a, a buddy of mine was a Navy SEAL. He died a few years back. Um, his family runs a, um, a college fund for kids of veterans. So we donated all of mon- the money from that last year to that family. Hey, we get um, it stuff so we uh we host a crawfish bowl every year which is coming up on april 13th this year and uh we last year we raised a, over thirty thousand dollars for uh tin can the christian venture network which takes veterans and first responders on hunts and stuff how, how many people do you have sign, show up to that uh last year we had a little over 300 so i can do like 50 or 100 free subs that'd be awesome um, yeah if it's for you said it's for veterans right yeah, right. all the money goes to uh, Tink vets, vets and first responders. Vets and veterans first responders, all, yeah. PTSD yeah, is the yeah. thing. So, so I can do 50 or 100. You guys can give them away. Um, and then all I need is their app store email or the email they want to use to sign up for the account. So if, if that helps, I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, that'd be huge. Thank you. Yeah, just, uh, you know. Obviously, I'm saying it on your podcast, but anything for veterans like that. I, yeah, I will we will on. we will stay in touch with you on that, and uh, as we get closer, we'll get it figured out and uh, get with you. We'll figure out a way to give that away, probably at the event. So we we do a crawfish bowl and and uh, mud boat poker run. Uh, they had like a what is what's it say? One hundred and twenty one boats. One hundred and twenty one boats. The winner of that. That's awesome. Yeah, the winner of that Good took home a uh, little over two grand. Second place took took home over a grand. We gave away a bunch of hunting trips and guns and pellet rifles and like thirty thousand dollars in prizes. Raised another thirty grand for uh, the tin can, and then uh, went through like seventeen hundred pounds of crawfish. Sounds like if you're doing a poker run, it sounds like a good opportunity to fire up Blue Force Tracker if you have service on it, and you could watch the race in real time. Oh, now that would be yeah. fun. That would that's that's interesting. We'll put it to work there. <laughs> yeah, so and I could do a, a big discount for people to sign up who don't win it. Or like, if you have three hundred people show up and I'm giving you a hundred free subs, for the other two hundred, I can do like fifty percent off or something. Then they're paying nice. thirty bucks. Nice. So, you guys yeah. just let me know anything for veterans. Um, like I said, I was served for twenty one years, and anything I can do to make more, raise more money for veterans, I'm gonna do it. So you guys just let me know. Oh, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, Bill, thank you for joining us, man. I, I really appreciate you having you on, and uh, I look forward to moving forward using Spartan Forge. And I hope that of all things your app does, I hope that it kills the Orange Tape Army. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, yes, man, sir, it was thank good. you. Have a good night. Hey, you too.